It's always a privilege and an honor to open up, uh, be able to share God's word. And uh, well, today is a little bit more of an honor because it's anniversary days. And this church has meant so much to me and my family. Uh, We've been here for 25 years now. 25 years. And never regretted anything. And we're looking forward to what is going to happen in the future. As a matter of fact, that's kind of what I want to uh, talk about. I don't necessarily want to do some teaching or preaching, although some of that might get involved. I just want to kind of talk about the church and what this church means to me and my family and what it means to this community and even to the world. Now, I want to just say that some of the verses, I only have two two. Uh, uh, passages that I'm going to be reading. I'm not going to, I don't have a whole bunch of verses that I'm going to be going through. But uh, if I kind of seem like I'm preaching or talking about something that we've already heard throughout the week or throughout the Sunday nights that pastor, it's not by no means trying to improve on that or anything. It's just some things that I, it just, if they need to be repeated, they need to be repeated. Pastor Williams used to tell us all the time that repetition <clears throat> is spiritual mutualage. They want to know what mucilage is. It's glue, basically. So he would tell us, you know, it's okay to hear something over and over again because that's how it sticks. And that's something that if we have to repeat something, the Lord's trying to tell us something. So let's open your Bibles to the book of Joshua, chapter 1. Kind of still going with the idea of the children of Israel and the 40 years and how God has taken care of everyone, taken care of things. Now, this is a Sunday school class, and I tell most of my Sunday school classes, it's a class. I like talk back. If, if people have something to say, raise your hand. I don't have no problem with, with people sharing and talking back. It's, I like that. Well, let's go to chapter 1 in Joshua. Let's start in verse 1. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses, his minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you. As I said unto Moses, from the wilderness in this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. That's an awesome thing to know. Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give, to, to give them. As we've been hearing, as pastors been preaching on Sunday nights, crossing the Jordan, and as we've heard through the services these last three, three evenings with Pastor Holder, and we were looking in Deuteronomy and stuff, what God has ordained for the children of Israel. And I say, God ordained this. Now, what I want to talk about is when God ordains something, 
His children, we, need to get up and going. We need to do something about it. And that's what I want to talk about a little bit. And like I said, it might repeat some of the things that we've already heard, but that's okay. But in Joshua, after Moses, God came to Joshua and said the same thing to Moses. I'm going to give you a land. I promised you this land. I ordained it. Now, the word, the Bible doesn't say ordain. When we think about ordain or ordination, what's the first thing that usually comes to our mind? Preacher, getting a preacher ready to go to service, a pastor or missionary maybe or, or whatever, and, and putting a blessing on that. And that's part of that. But when I looked at that ordain, I did some looking at some definitions. And there's a whole lot more to this word of ordain. Ordain means to establish. Ordain means to appoint. To decree. To set. To set up, to set aside. To institute. To destine or predestine. Or I like this one. Or to order something to happen. Now all that we can use in the idea of ordaining a minister to go into the service But what I want to look at this with the ordain is God has ordained a lot of things. And he ordained and promised his children the land. And he wanted them to go in. The first generation didn't. They were having problems from the time they got out of Egypt, by the time they got through the Red Sea, they were having major problems. Pastor and I were just talking about that not too long. They were rebelling about this. They were complaining about not having food. They were complaining about this and everything. And then when they got to the foot of going in the promised land, God said, go in. Well, I don't know about that. When God ordained something, we need to go do something about it. They rebelled. And because of that, they never got into the land. And they wandered around for 40 years just to die off. As we heard very clearly in the messages leading up to today. Comes back to Joshua. He says, that promise is still there. That promise hasn't gone away. Because when God ordains something, God sets up a promise or a covenant, it doesn't change. He's going to fulfill his promises. And this time, the children... And not to go into all this, but they learned a lot of things walking in that wilderness, I think. And they were ready to go in. They might not have understood how it was all going to work. They might not have knew how it was all going to happen. Can this going to work? How long is it going to take? They didn't know all the particulars, but they knew God promised them. And he said, you go in. Let's go to the second passage in Acts. Now, when I read this, you're probably going to say, how does this have to do with anything that's going on? Hopefully, I can put it together. Chapter 5, verse 33. When they heard that, they were cut, when they heard that, let me give you background, the apostles were preaching, people were getting saved, uh, the Pharisees and the Pharisees came in and arrested a lot of the disciples and put them in jail. And they were, even as they were being arrested and put in jail, they were preaching to the Pharisees and all that. And uh, the things they were saying cut to the heart of the Pharisees. 
When they heard that, they were cut to the heart and took counsel to slay them. Then stood there up one in the council, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a doctor of the law, had a reputation among all the people and commanded to, the, to put the apostles forth a little space and said unto them, Ye men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what ye intend to do as touching these men. For before these days rose up Thudius, boasting himself to be somebody, to whom a number of men, about 400, joined themselves, who was slain, and, and all, as many as obeyed them, were scattered and brought to naught. After this man rose up, Judas of Galilee, in the days of the taxing, and drew away much people after him. He also perished, and all, even as many as obeyed him, were dispersed. Now this is where I want you want to come in on. And now I say unto you, refrain from these men, and let them alone. For this counsel or this work be of men, it will come to naught. But if it be of God, ye cannot overthrow it. Lest happily you be found, found even to fight against God. Why did I bring this up? I think the Lord's trying to say, look, when God has something ordained, when he has a promise, and it's God's work, we can't overthrow it. What's this got to do with the church? Forty years ago, God ordained a church to be established in Rapid City. It wasn't a, a plan of man. It wasn't a setup of a man or a person think, oh, let's do this. It was God saying, I want a church here. And then he started touching people's hearts, man's hearts, to get something accomplished. As he promised the land to the children, I believe he promised that there was going to be a church here in Rapid City. And I want to get to this. Now, the difference between, like I said, between those two generations, the first generation that had the chance to go into the, the land compared to the second one is the, the latter generation got up and moved. They walked, they went into the land. They received God's promises. Again, how does this bear to the church? Well, God ordained so many things. We can go and spend many Sunday school lessons and talk about the things God ordained in, in the Bible. Battles that he ordained that he was going to take care of. Uh, problems. Um, we can go through a lot. We've learned them. God ordained things. You know, one of the things that God, one reason why God brought rapid uh, liberty to this church and pastor has been talking about this because it's on his heart and it needs to be on his heart it's because God said there's a people in rapid city that need to know my son there's a people that need to be saved God ordained salvation he set it up the way he knew it needed to be from the beginning of time and he was going to use his son. It was going to be the blood atonement of his son. His son had to go to the cross, shed his blood for, our remission, for the remission of our sins. And he said, there's going to be no other way to get into heaven. There's no going to be other way to get saved but through my son. And we have to go to the cross. We have to go through, through Jesus Christ. He ordained it. 
Now, there's a lot of people, a lot of churches out there trying to preach other things and trying to say you can do this and do that, but it's not going to get them anywhere. But to the gates of hell, and they're going, whoa, where did I go? I've been following something wrong. I want to try to get a little personal here. Not only did God ordain this church because he saw people that needed the Savior in Rapid City, but he knew he was going to send someone to Rapid City from New Jersey that was going to get saved. And I just want to go a little bit into my, 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 my testimony. I was a new, I'm a New Jersey person. Good or bad, I don't know. It can't be any worse than coming from Georgia. I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, boy. Maybe I need to just go, huh? What's that? <sighs> yeah, I need to go to the altar now. So, uh, I don't want to take too long, but I want to just explain. So I was in New Jersey. We were married. I had a, a, uh, had a family. Got it in the military. You know, I was unsaved. So I was looking at things that would better me and my family. You know what I'm saying? What can I do to make sure I could provide for my family, get a good job, whatever it might be? Got in the, in the Air Force. Air Force sent me to Lackland for basic training. Uh, and in Lackland, those who are in the military knows, are going to know this word, um, the dream sheet. Well, when I got in the military, I was put into an AFC, AFSC that worked with just the B-1. My dream suit was relatively short. <laughs> there was only four choices I could pick from. It was um, Dias in Texas, McConnell at that time in Kansas because they were so active with the B-1. Uh, Ellsworth here in South Dakota, and I think it was Minot, or is it Grand Forks? Mountain Hope. Mountain Hope in North Dakota. Because when I got in, they had a base in North Dakota at first. I think it was Minot. There were four active bases. I'm sitting there. I don't know where to go. I only got four. I had four choices, and I still didn't know what to choose from. I, I said, oh, let's go to Kansas. This seems kind of in the middle of the states. It would be easy to get to New Jersey. <laughs> hey, guess what? I got my first choice. How many of you guys have gotten your first choice on your dream sheets? <laughs> I only had one out of four chances to get my first choice, right? <laughs> no, I actually got Kansas. I put in that. So, you know, while we were in, in uh, tech school, I, was call, I called up Kansas. I figured out, I was trying to figure out how housing worked and all that stuff like that. And they said, well, before you can get on-base housing, you had to be a senior airman. And it'd probably take about three years for you to get in, in on-base. And I'm like, oh, boy, that don't seem like that's going to work very well. That's an awfully long time to have to try to figure out where you're going to go. So I started calling other, the other three choices. I ended up calling up South Dakota, Ellsworth. I says, I'm going to be coming out. We're graduating this time. Um, what's, what's your housing availability? I said, do you need to be a specific rank? No, you can be any rank. We got airmen. We got all the way, all the way up. It doesn't make a difference. Oh, oh cool. Got it. Well, how long is it going to take? Oh, maybe six months to get on-base housing. Wow. You know, my human mind's saying, this, this won't work. I can do this. Not knowing that someone else had something going on in my life. 
okay? Uh, so, I asked how, how, how can I get from Kansas, and I go, go and, and the person there says, well, you got to find someone who's going there, and then they got to be willing to swap with you. Oh, okay. I have one out of seven chances there because there was eight people in my class. It just happened to be, I think, the first person, oh, yeah, I'm going to South Dakota, and I don't want to go there. Really? How about Kansas? Would you like to go to Kansas? Yeah, I like to go to Kansas. So things are just working out fine, swimmingly. Again, not knowing that God is moving behind me. Isn't it amazing when you look back and you see how God's moved and worked in things that you didn't even know what was going on even before you were saved and knew him? So we got all the paperwork taken together. We ended up going to South Dakota. Where is South Dakota anyhow? I know I've learned it in my uh, geography class sometime in school. But where it is, I don't know. (laughs) So we got got out here. And uh, just cut a lot of things. You got in there. I was never a very religious person. But I did go to a Catholic church. I was raised in a Catholic church as a young man. I didn't know one thing that when I got out of, home, out of my family, I was never going to go back into a Catholic church anymore. I learned some things there and heard some things there that just did not make sense. I said, I don't want it. But I was willing. I, I did have this feeling, a sense of being religious, I guess you said, can say, that I think, oh, I need to get, we need to go to church. We need to, I need to take my family to church. And we were fine, and we would go to different churches in Rapid City. When I was thinking about this, I was thinking of my testimony, and the Lord reminded me something else, that how he was working. As I was going to uh, work and stuff, my wife decided she wanted to see what it would be like to be a CNA. You know who taught her CNA class? That woman right there, Mrs. Holder. Isn't that amazing how the Lord brings people together? See, I don't know when you guys got here. When did you get here? In the late 80s? In the 80-something? God brought them here in the 80s. Was it just so she can contact and, and teach my wife? Somewhere along the line, I was talking to my wife. She says, hey, we, I know of a good church you can come to. Liberty Baptist. I asked, what brought up that conversation? She said she doesn't remember. It just came up, and, and she was one of the ones that would, told us about liberty. Now, we didn't come to church right afterwards, I don't think, but soon afterwards we did, which led to the next step. Pastor Williams and one of the deacons here. I, I never liked being people, having people come visit me. People, hello, I would have been, I don't want you to be here. Why are you here? Get off my porch. I don't want to talk to you. I hated going into church because, you know, I told my wife, I'm going to get a list of the questions that everyone asks. When they start asking, I'm going to just hand it over to them because I'm telling to tell people the same things over and over again. That's how I was. We came, we came into church and we sat out there, by, sat back, back there by where Alex is right now. We snuck in and Pastor had the, hand, uh, the visitor, hey, is there any visitors here? I was like, no, I'm not even going to raise my hand. There was a deacon in here at the time, Jesse Ullman, Omer, remember him? 
He saw us there. He knew that we were visitors. He's never seen us before. But as a kind guy came, he just came up and says, hey, I know you've been here. Can you fill this out? He didn't, he didn't say, hey, there's a visitor right here or anything like that. He was really nice. He just gave us the visitor card. <laughs> that week, uh, he went out and visited, out, visited my wife, talked with her. My wife, I came home. My wife said, so-and-so came. I'm like, really? Yeah, he wants to come visit with the pastor. And for some reason, I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. So Friday, Pastor Williams came out with Jesse Ulmer, explained to me my need. I don't know exactly everything that went on and everything he said. All I know is I knelt down and I got saved. The Lord was preparing it. But the Lord was preparing in that moment 15 years before when he called on someone in Wisconsin. I think he was in Wisconsin. He had a good church there, a big, and I don't know how big, but it was a good church. The people were faithful. It was a good-sized church. He had a good home, a nice home. Things were working out great. He could have stayed there and, and, and lived and served there in Wisconsin and had no problem. But then someone like Brother Glass came to him and Brother Hawtree and said, you know what? Rapid City needs a church, and I think you're the guy that can do it. You see, when God ordains things and he wants things done, he's looking for a man to work through. He's looking for a people to do something with. He wanted his children to go in there for a reason. He had that picked out. Fifteen years before we even got here, he was telling Brother Williams, you need to go to Rapid City and start a church. Because 15 years from now, there's going to be a New Jersey boy with his family walking into this church, and he's going to need to be saved. I'm thankful that Pastor Williams followed and obeyed. He might have not understood why the Lord was going to call him there. He was doing well in Wisconsin. There was no reason for him to leave Wisconsin, from what I understand. But he said, okay, I'll follow you, Lord. I'll do it. I'll go across, I'll cross the Jordan into Rapid City. I'm not the only life that's been touched because of that. There's many in here that have been touched in some way because of his obedience and starting this church because God ordained this church to be here. God had some things he wanted done through this church. Was it easy all the time? No, there were some hard, difficult times. But we don't need to dwell on the hard times. We can rejoice in the good times, learn from the things that we had to go through, the battles. (coughs) Pastor Williams isn't here right now. But when he got in Rapid City, he went into the hotel, got down on, not on his knees, He got down on his face. From what I understand, he laid on the floor. And he cried out to God. And he asked a prayer. And he asked three things in that prayer. He says, Lord, 
you got me here. I'm not sure exactly how to say it. I'm going to kind of paraphrase. He's like, Lord, I'm here. You told me to come here. I got some things I need you to do. I need you to give me a place to preach. I need you to give me somebody to preach to. And I need a place for my family to stay. One phone call. One phone call. All three of those prayers were answered. I don't know all the particulars there. Mr. Mack or Mr. Lum might be able to help me on that. But <clears throat> there was a church on East Adams Street. There was a small little congregation that had been praying and looking for a pastor to come out and start a church. So even before pastor was even here, it was starting before there because the Lord was working to other people and they were praying for something to happen. Isn't that how revival starts? Most of the time from what I hear, revival starts to break out when people start praying for things. That praying for God to move, to do something. They called him. He called. I'm not sure. Like I said, I don't know if he called or someone called them. Who, how did that work? Did they, someone call him or did he call? He called. Had the church. They were able to work out things where he can use the church. There was a small congregation there already. And then they said, oh, you can use the, there's some, some rudimentary facilities down in the basement of the, of the church. There was no bathroom, if I don't remember, a shower. There was, I mean, they did what they could. They lived in, how long, I'm not sure how long they lived there, but that doesn't really matter. But all three of those prayers were answered. <clears throat> and I was thinking about it Friday, because Friday was the day of the anniversary, 40 years ago. When he started his first, the first service that day, there was maybe less than 20 people who showed up. You know how many people were here Friday? On a Friday night, 150 people were here. That might not seem like a lot, and it might not mean anything, but it does, because God has been working in this church for 40 years. He's been doing things. He's been setting up ministries to reach the people of Rapid City. He says, I have a work to do. I'm ordaining this church. Go forward. And there was a man in his family that was willing to step forward and follow God's promises and start this church. And it's affected people around the world. Guess what? Those prayer, that prayer pastors prayed 40 years ago is still being honored today. God is still honoring that prayer today. We still have a place that we can preach in. That's free. Not free. Well, yes, it is free because it's all paid for. But we have the freedom to come here. We have no fear. We can come into these, these doors. We can hear the word preach. We can sing and lift our voices and praises to God Amen. with no problem. We don't have to go underground like in some places. We don't have to worry about violence. We don't have to worry about this. God still has given us a place to, pre- to come hear his word pre- to praise his name. Guess what? We still have a people to preach to. Wouldn't it be a little bit odd if you came in on Sunday and no one showed up? We still have a people to preach to. And there's a bunch of people out there that need to hear the word of God. We all need to get better at doing that too, getting the word of God out. They need to be preached to. They need to know there's a place to come and hear good preaching from the King James Bible, God's word. It's not, it's not the word of man. We don't, look, 
If I had to come here and just listen to Pastor Pastor Brooke talk about himself or something, I don't know if I'd come. <laughs> he comes up here to open up the Bible and preach what God has laid on his heart. I come here because I want to hear God speak. Amen. How about you? Amen. We still have a people to preach to. And, as, and you know what? As Rapid City continues to grow, there's, that's more people that need to hear God about the gospel of Christ. There might be some people, Christians, that need to get into a church and get grounded in a church. There might be someone out there praying, Lord, show me where I can go. And it'd be one of us to say, hey, how are you doing? In a CNA class. I know a church you can go to. It's a really good church. I think you'll like it. All we got to do is invite. I mean, if they come, they come. We pray they do. And we still have a place we can call home. I don't know about you, but after 25 years, I call this place home. Now, I know you guys have a home in Mexico, but maybe this is a home away from home for you. Is this your home? Do you consider this your home? I've been to other churches. When I first started coming here, a pastor was my only pastor I ever had until um, um, Pastor Brooks comes and all that, that happened. Now he's my second pastor. So I've only had two pastors. And both of them were good. Well, so far. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I am really getting myself in trouble. <laughs> but I've gone to many churches, and there's some good churches out there, but they're not like this place. Now, if you got another, if I don't see any visitors here, and I understand someone visiting here and they have their own home church, that's good because that's how God ordains it. If you're here today and you haven't made this church your home church, what are you waiting for? Become part of this church. Become part of the family of this church. Become a member of this church. Now, first of all, you need to be saved. Because that's the most important thing. You say salvation is the most important thing. But what's hindering you from coming up to say, Pastor, I want to be part of this church. This is a place to call home. This is a place to worship. This is a place to serve. We were listening to that, Pastor. We, why, why can't we? We need to be serving here in this church. If it's home, we need to put our effort in. We, in our own homes, especially if you have families, everyone pitches in and do stuff. Well, at least we try to get the kids to do things. You know, everyone has a part in playing, keeping the house going, cleaning this, chores here, chores there. It's the same thing here. There's something for every one of us to do something in. This, and pastors brought this up before. This, this church does just not operate by itself. God sent people, us here, to get things going. He's ordained this church. Are we doing something? <clears throat> we still have a place to preach, people to preach to, a place to call home. And I don't think that God's done with this church. If you think God's done with your church, you haven't been coming to church for a while and seeing what God's been doing. You haven't been seeing that people, God's been bringing people into this church still. We're going to have a baptism today, right? Is it still going on? 
God's still doing something. God's still using this church. God, I still believe, I believe that God wants to use this church for a long time. We're in the 41st year now. Just like you said last night, the 40 years is behind now. We're stepping into the 31st year. What are we going to do, Liberty? I believe God has greater things for this church in store. He's done great things in the hands and in the willing, willingness and the, and, and the heart of Pastor and Mrs. Williams. He did great in many things. I mean, I mean, we can just go through many of the things, a lot of the ministries that we, that we have, especially the, the, the printing ministry. I mean, the, the, the Mike. How many times does Mike go to the, the jailhouse? And he comes back and says, Pastor, guess what? Two more people got saved. Amen. Next week, three people got saved. God is using the ministries, the van ministry, the children's ministries, the nursing home ministries, the school. Our school is not just there to teach the scholastics, uh, reading, arithmetic, and reading, arithmetic, writing, writing, reading, arithmetic, the three R's or whatever they call it. They're there to try to instill spiritual truths in those kids. And there's times I'll, we meet someone who's come to the, come to the school. Oh, is, is Brother Brock still there? Is Mrs. Brock still there? Oh, yeah. I remember there was a good time. And I still hear some good stuff. And I think we can still hear. As the Lord, I still believe, the, I believe the Lord can use any one of our ministries continually and build them up and make them stronger. I believe the Lord has more victories for us in store. I don't know what they're going to be. But I think they're there. I believe they're there. I believe there's some miracles that we haven't seen yet. You know, I'm getting a little selfish. When I hear about this church having a revival and seeing this happening in their church. Or God using this church over here for something. I, I, I praise that and I, 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 I enjoy and I, I, I feel that, you know what I'm saying? I'm happy for that. But I want it to happen here. Amen. Why can't revival happen here? Why can't people's hearts be ha- happen here? Why can't we do something? Why can't God use this church that's going to change Rapid City and turn Rapid City upside down? I think it's very possible that's coming down the path. But you know what I think is holding that back? Is we ourselves. God's saying, I'm ready. Are you ready? Are you ready to maybe get a little uncomfortable with things in a good way? hey, you know what? If God says you need to have two services, why not? Let's do it. If that's how God's going to work, let's do it. Why wait? Let's get behind the pastor 
and let's get going and get working. Let's, let us cross over to Jordan. Let us go into the promised land. Let's go and, and receive the promises and the victories that God has ready for us. If God has another church building, let's go. But we don't, how are we going to get the money? Shopco's $8 million. God has it. I don't know. I know one thing. If God's ordained it, he's going to provide the resources. He's going to sustain us. He's going to give us the people we need. Pastor, you know, how about, oh, oh, let me see. Hey, Brother Brock, how about 100 students, student school? Where are we going to get the teachers? I don't know, but God knows where they're at. God knows where the people are. God knows where the talent is. But are we ready to go? Or we have to sit there and go, hmm, you know? And I'm, I'm, believe me, I'm the same way. I'll sit there, oh, wow, 80 people, 80 kids for band ministry? Where are we going to put them all? God will figure it out. Because when he's doing something, he's going to make it work. The only thing that hinders that is our hearts, our rebellion, our sin, our unbelief. And you know what? If we're not going to do it, he'll find someone else to do it. The first generation didn't want to go in. He passed judgment on them. They all died. It was the second generation that the first generation was so worried about that got in and God used. I want to be that generation. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I mean, things might need to change. Yesterday, we did a first in, 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 in Liberty Baptist. We had a fellowship up here. And actually, I don't think it went that bad. It actually seemed to work really well. So what's that got to do with it? Well, that was a little thing that we needed to change. And God said, are you willing to do it? What happens if we just decide, no, we don't need these chairs. We don't need, we don't need to get updated with technology and stuff. You know what that tells God? That we don't want to do anything. God wants us to do things. But are we ready to go? You know what? I think there's a lot of these Christians I want to call on. And I don't think I've ever said, anybody, said to anybody what they are. You know what we have a lot in the Christian? We have a lot of rocking chair Christians. You know, rocking chair Christians? You know, everyone knows what a rocking chair is, right? You sit in there, you move a whole bunch of times, you don't get anywhere. You're just doing a lot of moving. And I think our churches are full. People are just willing to sit in the pew and go, amen, yeah, that's great, awesome, but don't get into the fight. Don't get, you know what? I like being a fan of the football field, but you know what? I'd rather be on the field playing the game. There's too many rocking chair Christians. We're going around the mountain over and over and over and over, and we're not going anywhere. Just as Pastor Holder was saying, we need to take it, get out of that circle and step out and follow God. You know what? The children of, how the children of, I almost bumped it to this, Pastor. <laughs> you know how the children knew that God was moving? How did God show the children in the wilderness that he was moving? A pillar of cloud during the day, a pillar of fire, fire cloud during the day, a pillar of fire at night. Right? When the people saw that cloud start moving, 
they started packing up and started following. You know what? In today's society, when God starts moving this way, it just seems like we as his people start going this way. I don't know if I want to go that way. I don't know about you, but I want to be right next where God is. Do I always, am I always there like I should be? No, unfortunately I'm not. I'm thankful for a God that brings me back and forgives me for when I stray away. <clears throat> Let's stop being rocking chair Christians, guys. Let's be a church that's on fire. Let's be, a, let's be a church that's ready to go. Technically, I still have 15 more minutes. Many times in deacon's meeting, we see the heart of pastor. I think the Lord wants us to do this. I'm not sure, but I think that's what the Lord wants to do. Are you with me? And I know I've said, and I think the other deacons agree, Pastor, if it's something the Lord is directing you to do, if it's something from the Lord and it's not something to glorify yourself, we're with you, behind you, 100%. Amen. And church, we need to do that. Amen. We got to get behind him 100%. If it's from the Lord and it's of the Lord, we got to go. Yeah. We got to move. We might not understand everything, but we don't have to understand it. God just says, where's, God's asking us where our heart is. There could have been a lot of things that God could have done for us in this church, but we haven't gotten it or succeeded because the hearts weren't there. We just, when God is ordaining something, we need to get on board. Missionary here heard the call, stayed in Mexico, and continued the work that his father was called to do. He didn't just stand and say, oh, I don't know. He said, No, I want to get behind. I want to be where God wants me to be. And that's the same thing with many missionaries that come in here. What would happen if the missionaries didn't follow the Lord or follow the call? What would our, mission, our, our ministries be if we didn't follow? We didn't have people say, hey, I want to be part of this ministry. I want to do this. I want to play the piano. I want to sing. Whatever it might be, it's gotta, there's got to be a heart to go forward and do it. We have some people here that were here from the day the church was chartered up. They had a heart to see this church go. They were willing to put their life in, into this church. Do whatever it was that God called them. And through years, the Lord just brought people for different things. Pastor first, Mike Petraco, piano players. I say that because we're going to be losing it pretty soon, one of them. That's okay. They're going where the Lord wanting them to go right now. But you know what? We might say, here, well, if Abby's leaving, who's going to play the piano? We only have a couple other ones. God's going to provide. God's going to use what's needed. 
Danny plays, other people play. God's got it all control, under control. We, I think we sometimes, even as Christians, try to think things out too much. Now, granted, we, do, we can't just go on things crazily. Even, by, even Jesus said in the gospel that, you know, we got to look at things. Down and, you know, a, a, an army that goes facing a big army with just a small, I don't know the numbers. That's why I say big army, small numbers. You know, you look and you see, can I do it? But, you know, what I'm trying to say here is, as Christians and members of this church, we don't have to think it very long. Because if God ordained it, it's going to go through. All we need to do is get up and follow and do our part. Liberty Baptist, are we ready to move forward? And I'm not just saying, listen, listen to me. Are we ready to move forward? That means we might have to go through some changes. Some new beginnings, as you said, Pastor. Things we never experienced before. Things that might seem a little uncomfortable. Like having two services. You know what? That, who's the more uncomfortable one is him. But he's willing to do it because he says, God wants us to do it, we'll do it. It might be uncomfortable that maybe a couple years down the line that he wants us to go into a different facility. Or maybe he'll have us here and show us how we need to maximize this facility. Whatever it might be. We might hit some uncomfortable bumps in the road, but with God, that's okay. We'll get through it. He will sustain us. He will provide for us. The question is serious. Are we ready to go forward? Are we ready to go forward? I really believe... God is not finished with this church. But I do also believe God wants to know our heart. And if our heart's not in it, he's not going to do it through us. I want to see revival in this church. I want to see this church grow. I want to see people come into this church and get saved and know and, and, and get saved to know who God is. I want people, other Christians who, who are young or faltering or having problems come to this church and, and get stronger. God can make this church more powerful, more productive. The question is, are we willing to do it? Are we ready to go? Go forward when God ordains something. Let's pray. Father, I do thank you for this day. Thank you for the messages we have heard the last three um, nights, and I thank you for the spirit and the strength that you have given to Pastor Holder to come up here and preach your word. Thank you for the messages that we have heard. Lord, but it's not over. This is just the first part of this, of this day. Lord, I pray that you bless the rest of this day. I pray that you bless the singing, the choir, <clears throat> the specials, Especially bless Pastor Holder as he comes up and preaches your word. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you move in our lives, work in our lives, Lord. And Lord, I pray that we as Liberty Baptists and members of this church, when you're ready to do something, that we're ready to go and follow you. Lord, we ask for your blessings. We ask for you to do a mighty, mighty work in this church. 
We thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.